right, glad you're with us. 259 days till you, the ultimate jury, get to go to the polls. And yeah, you can shock the world again. I'm going to tell you why I think it's lining up pretty well. But I take nothing for granted. And that's just the way it is. Uh, and I got to tell you that there is a lot at stake here. By the way, I want to give a shout out. I don't know if you've been watching what's going on in Mississippi, their Pearl River created water levels. You know, they're expected to fall hopefully later this this week, saturated with days and days of rain. The flooding in the state and in Tennessee also impacting hundreds of homes. There's There's nothing worse. You know, you work your entire life. You want to get that home. You finally get that home. And then now you got to go through, okay, uh, getting all your stuff out of there. You can't keep it because you got to worry about mold. And you probably either you can treat it or you have to rebuild the whole house. And then, okay, then you have to fight your insurance company over the flood zone. So it's a pain in the neck. Anyway, our thoughts and prayers are with our friends that are going through that right now. Um, As we look, we now have... Bloomberg has bought his way successfully into the Nevada debate. That's interesting to watch. And now the question is, there's going to be a test. And the test is, it's like a litmus test for Democrats and a test for the mob and the media. Do you know that Bloomberg, $417 million this guy's already spent on his campaign. Now it's paying off, but these polls don't mean a lot to me yet. They don't because you look at the polls and you say, okay, well, Bloomberg's been paying the slick marketing campaign. Nobody's really heard from him. Every time he does open his mouth, he puts his foot in it. I never, I mean, the level of arrogance of this guy is breathtaking. Um, But anyway, right now we have Bernie Sanders still killing it. He's up national poll, 12 point lead in second. He's got what, 20, no, 31% of the support. NPR, PBS, NewsHour, Maris Poll just released today, putting him in the top spot. Bloomberg now has surged to second place, uh, 19 points. He's 12 behind Bernie. Biden now down single digits. He's now down to nine points. Uh, well, I'm sorry, down now nine points to 15 percent. But we've seen this up and down. I mean, we saw a moment when Elizabeth Warren was surging and then she just you know, the bottom fell out for her. Judge was surging and the bottom seems to be falling out for him. Uh, there is this panic. It's kind of odd to me in some ways, the panic over Bernie, because Bernie, maybe he's just more outspoken and hiding less of what all the Democrats would eventually do anyway. Because if you think about it, they're all for open borders. They're all for amnesty of some kind. They're all against, you know, they're all for citizenship. They're all for some type of sanctuary status for illegal immigrants. They're all for some form of the new Green Deal. They're all for government takeover of industry, especially oil and gas. They're all for expanding government services. They all want to raise taxes. They all want some type of wealth tax. They all want to they all believe in some redistribution. They all think the government is the answer to every problem that we have. You know, there's just, I guess, levels of socialism and degrees of socialism, but they're all socialists. There's one article uh, out, and this will be the test for Bloomberg if he's in this debate. You know, is the Democratic Party going to accept Michael Bloomberg? Are they going to, the Democratic candidates and the media mob, are they going to let him get away with 
just, I mean, this is just the beginning of the review for him. I mean, there's another quote. Kerry Pickett will be on with us later today. You know, now we got another quote on uh, blacks and Latinos. Uh, they don't know how to behave in the workplace, according to There's Michael Bloomberg. There's this enormous cohort of black and Latino males aged, let's say, 16 to 25 that don't have jobs, don't have any prospects, don't know how to find jobs, don't know uh, that they, what their skill sets are, don't know how to behave in the workplace where but they let, have to work let collaboratively me if I, let and collectively. Me if I... I mean, the way he speaks with these broad, sweeping generalizations, it's the same thing. Murderers, murder victims, they fit one M.O. And he does take a description. I, I mean, think about this. Xerox it, one description. Xerox the one description, pass it out to all cops. Because murderers and murder victims fit one M.O. He, there's, there's no wiggle room here. Now, it's, it's breathtaking in terms of its generalization. It's not saying, okay, well, we have a higher concentration of crime in this particular part of the city, uh, and I would almost guarantee you it is more impacted by socioeconomics than by race of any kind. And I can tell you that what he's saying when he describes these things is just factually ignorant and false. I can only tell you that if any Republican or conservative or, God forbid, Donald Trump or anybody in the Trump family ever talk like this, uh, it would never go away. And frankly, rightly so. You know, but anyway, murderers, murder victims fit one M.O., take their description, you Xerox it, you pass it out to all the cops. They are male minorities, 16 to 25. Why is he obsessed with 16 to 25? And then he says it's true in New York. It's true in virtually every city in America. Okay, yeah, just take the, every, every cop, here's your, here is your Xerox copy of all the murderers and murder victims. You only fit one M.O. That's the only people you look up, look to. Just like, you know, then he goes on to say, you know, we, 17 years he supports stop and frisk until now he has to run for president. Now he's got to play identity politics. Uh, then we got the crocodile tears, but he, he literally supported it for 12 years. But it's his version of it that is so shocking. It's not stop and frisk and putting more more police resources in higher crime areas. That was what stop and frisk, as I always understood it. In other words, a higher concentration based on where the higher concentration of crime might be at any particular moment in the city. And then he says, well, uh, you know, oh, my God, people say you're arresting kids for marijuana. They are all minorities, all, not some, all. Well, I could tell you for a fact that's total BS. I'm in midtown Manhattan today. And let me tell you, you walk outside the door and you're going to smell weed everywhere. It's unbelievable. It's disgusting. It smells like a dis disgusting skunk. I can't stand it. Anyway, and you see it in the hands of people that are not minorities. Shocker. Wow. And he said, then he goes, yeah, I do, we do that. And we, but we, you're arresting just kids. From, well, they're all minorities that you're arresting. That's true, he says. Why? Because we put all the cops in. Minority neighborhoods, all the cops. He says, uh, why? Because that's where all the crime is. I'm kidding. You know, then, I mean, it gets worse. This thing about farmers is really just stuck in my head. You know, oh, come on. I could teach you. I could teach anybody to be a, a farmer. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. I mean, what century is this guy living in? Does, does he not know how hard it is to be a farmer? 
Does he not know the level of science, technology, and sophistication that now has gone into farming, the hybrids that we grow, the success that how how we have made plants more hardy, able to go through weather conditions that they never otherwise would have survived because of the science behind farming? Ah, you know, you farmers need more gray matter to join the technological age. Like, oh my gosh, you really are dumb. He really is a dope. And then telling him, oh, you're 95 years old. You got prostate cancer. You go home now. Die. We're not going to treat you because we don't have the money to treat you. And what things they can fix right away. You know, if you're bleeding, they'll stop the bleeding. If you need an x-ray, you're going to have to wait. That's just, and all of these costs keep going up. Nobody wants to pay any more money. And at the rate we're going, health care is going to bankrupt us. So not only do we have a problem, it's going to bankrupt And we've got to sit here and say which things we're going to do and which things we're not. Nobody wants to do that. You know, you show up with prostate cancer and you're 95 years old. We should say, go and enjoy. Have a nice day. Live a long life. There's no cure. And you can't do anything. If you're a young person, we should do something about it. Society's not willing to do that yet. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. You're going to die. There's your death panel. Well, that makes me feel good. He's, by the way, he's no spring chicken. He's 78 years old, and he looks all of 78 years old. Looks tired already. The big news today is that he's practicing for his debate. Oh, okay. Now, then you add to it all this stuff with women. Oh, you're pregnant? Just kill it. Okay. <laughs> really? I mean, think of that. That's another thing with the Democratic Party. Oh, late-term abortion. You know, remember the, the governor of the great commonwealth of Virginia, Northwell, you know, well, first, you know, we'll, let, we'll, we'll birth the baby and make the baby comfortable, and then we'll let the mother decide whether it's a mother is in labor. I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Unbelievable. Then we had eight states, Democrats, following suit with this nonsense. I mean, the Washington Post interviewing these former Bloomberg employees and all of these other conversations about this 30 whatever page, eight page booklet about the witty sayings and sexist sayings of Bloomberg. If I said it on air, forget it. If a Republican said it, forget it. And and it, it, it even gets worse from here. Now we got the new quote today. Blacks and Latinos don't know how to behave in the workplace. Well, I, I can tell you as somebody that hires people, there have been plenty of people that we've interviewed over the years that don't know how to behave in the workplace uh, that are white, okay, that we can't hire, uh, unfortunately. A lot of socioeconomics behind this. But at the end of the day, I mean, are the Democrats going to give this guy a pass? Now, the Washington Post, now that he's in this final debate at this in Vegas tomorrow, uh, is saying after days of scuffling with Sanders and receiving criticism from Warren and others and, you know, blankets, uh, it continues to blanket the airwaves, Bloomberg is going to be on the receiving end of barrage of attacks. I don't know. I'm not so sure. Because Democrats, they never they only go after conservatives that say bad things. Their double standard reeks to high heaven. 
I guess Bernie's going to do it because it's Bernie's survival at stake here. Hollywood, there's a Daily Wire piece out today that they're deserting Bernie and moving towards Bloomberg. So I guess Hollywood really doesn't care about his treatment of women. I guess they don't care about his racial comments. I guess they don't care that it's okay for old people to be told, go home, we're not going to treat you. You've already outlived your life expectancy. Die, because that's pretty much his plan. As long as he's against Trump, it's fine. I know that, Well, we think he can win. We think he has a better chance of, than Bernie to win. Well, Bernie has a 12-point lead over Bloomberg, and Bernie's not spending anywhere near the money that Bloomberg. Newt is predicting that billionaire Mike might spend as much as $6 billion on this race. Apparently, there's estimates of his wealth of 62 to $64 billion. He can spend 10%, Newt said, $6 billion because he wants to be president, and he hates Trump. And the combination is a motivator. Now, Bloomberg and Reddy's have spent $417 million. It's a, now all it's been is a, who's the guy behind the curtain moment. We don't know anything about Bloomberg except what we're now finding. But I can guarantee you the mob and the media is going to protect him. Hollywood will protect him. And I bet you the Democratic Party will protect him after, you know, four years. If Trump said or did anything like this, the, the, the world falls down. You know, the world stops. They feign their outrage. They're not outraged. Because if they were, they'd be outraged over Bloomberg. Elizabeth Warren's so desperate now, she's saying Bernie's supporters are violent, maintaining politicians are responsible for what their supporters do. Well, I guess when Steve Scalise and others got shot up in that ball field, then it was a Bernie supporter, so we'd blame them. Uh, that's ridiculous, by the way. Bernie, I think Bernie has a lot of questions to answer here, and I'm particularly worried about what happened with the tax on members of the Culinary Union, particularly on women and leadership. That is not how we build an inclusive Democratic Party. It is not how we build Donald Trump. I don't know what that means. I'm quoting it verbatim. We do not build on a foundation of hate. Now, the latest poll, because we'll go to Nevada, then we'll go to South Carolina, then we'll head into Super Tuesday. Bolshevik Bernie, now this is a poll that came out, likely Nevada caucus goers, uh, which is Saturday. Uh, Bolshevik Bernie has like a 20-point lead at this particular point in time. Data for Progress poll released yesterday. Elizabeth Warren there, 19 points. 16 for Buttigieg, and wow, another fourth-place finish headed for Joe Biden. I guess he'll leave again before he addresses his supporters that go out on the ground. But um, I'm particularly, I'm going to come back. They, they, I, I am blown away by the arrogance of somebody. Not only the, look, the sexism, it just speaks for itself. I don't have to spend a lot of time. The racism, I mean, who speaks like, like, like Bloomberg? Nobody that I know. You know, add to that, oh, we got to have illegal immigrants. After all, who's going to keep our greens? Who's going who's gonna to take mow our fairways? And I'm like, okay. To be a great greenskeeper, I don't know a lot about it, but I know these golf clubs pay greenskeepers a lot of money. You want to know why? Because it's hard to keep that grass alive. There's science to it. There's an art to it. There is There are college curriculum designed to, spe- to specialize in this stuff, like farming. How can he say, 95 years old, go home. You're dead. Get lost. Oh, and you're a farmer. I, I could teach anyone to do that. Drop a seed in the ground. Put a little dirt over it, water. There you go. Corn pops up and rose. 
Farmer Minnie Mary Poppins Mike Bloomberg. Did you see the video we played of him last night? Well, I'm going to That was uh, Tim McGraw's song, right? All right. Pop, uh, pop up and what do you call that? Green grass grows. Right. Okay. So uh, go back. I want you to play it again because this is really, this. I'm thinking. Can I give a funny anecdote? I am thinking Did Farmer you know that Mike. Jason, Jason was a country music DJ. I did know that. I don't remember okay, that. That's my one anecdote of the day. I'm done. <laughs> uh, now, okay, but but now I'm thinking Farmer Mike. Mike knows so much about farming. I'll tell you what I want to do too. I know because we've had farmers call this program a number of times in the past. Remember the guy last time stopped his tractor in the middle of farming. I'm just curious. I, if if you're on the line right now, please bear with us. We're going to hang up on you and. We're just if we'll see if we can get a couple of farmers to call in, because if I was a farmer and I heard this idiot from New York, a New York mayor lecturing me about how easy I could teach anybody to be a farmer. It's so breathtakingly arrogant to me. It's so dumb. I mean, look up uh, and maybe pull up on the, on the Internet. Where can you go to school to learn to be a farmer. There's our entire college curriculum to do this. It is now a sophisticated science. Look at the farming, if you want, of marijuana growers. They've gotten so sophisticated that literally they come up with every minor detail variation of just that crop. Now, they come up with hybrid corns and, and hybrid pretty much everything. We feed the entire country. We feed the entire world. Uh, they have built in a hardiness to their crops that can withstand weather conditions that in previous generations they would never withstand. That's how great they, the soil, um, the, the chemical uh, makeup of the soil now, it is, that is sophisticated science. The way that they water their crops, irrigation is now sophisticated beyond any understanding. The amount of money that goes into the technology behind the science of farming is spectacular. Anyway, if you're a farmer, 800-941-SEAN, I'd like to be a... a I just want to make another anecdote. Yeah, go ahead. People that are farmers are probably working. No, but they go out. Uh, we've had guys call this program. They're listening to the show. I'm just saying, unlike Loafer Mike, you know. No, I, Farmer Mike. He's, you know, I'm calling her low for Mike. I'm not even calling him farmer but this, Mike. To me, this is there, there's such elitism here. There's such condescension. I mean, and he takes it a step further with the, oh, well, you know, you need more gray matter. Oh, man, you arrogant jackass. That's what I'm thinking. What an arrogant idiot. You know, I don't know what it is, but there, there's always been, and it tends to be, I guess, big city maybe, and, and then the rest of the country. There is breathtaking arrogance about people that work with their hands, blue-collar workers or construction workers. Okay, well, are you, you want to make fun of Good luck. Next time the construction worker comes to your house and you look at the price tag, uh, there's his expertise right there on paper for you. Otherwise, you want to build those kitchen cabinets yourself? Good luck. You want to install those cabinets? Good luck. You want to hang that wallpaper? Good luck hanging it. Oh, your plumbing's down. Sorry. Oh, here's the bill. You want plumber's charge? Amazing amounts of money. Now, that is sophisticated. You know, everything has changed. Their you just ability. Made fun of plumbers. Okay. Now, okay. Maybe, maybe you need a septic system, and or maybe you need an electrician. 
the people who are going to have the biggest problem are college graduates who aren't rocket scientists, if you will, not at the top of their class. Compare a plumber to going to Harvard College. Being a plumber, actually, for the average person, probably would be a better deal because you don't spend four years spending forty, fifty thousand dollars tuition and no income. I mean, the level of—he's such a snob. You know, yes, mother, uh, mother, the housekeeper probably let you win in Scrabble. I, I, what kind of life did this guy live? I just wish my mother had lived long enough to see a crowd like this. She would, what she would say to me is, "Don't let it go to your head." And uh, she, uh, every day, I'd say, "What'd you do?" And she'd say, "Well, I played Scrabble today." And I said, "Who'd you play with?" The housekeeper. Uh, did you win? Yes, of course. And I said, "Mother, the housekeeper Mo- works with mother. So it's throwing the, the, the mother the, 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 game the housekeeper to you. is throwing she the game to you." Outrage. And then she finished by saying, "And if you." Learn to play Scrabble. You'd learn how to spell. Farmer Mike. Farmer Mike. Now, I have in front of me the 20 best college farms. That's right. Small student-run organic farms. That's another area of growth. Organic farming. I mean, think about this. Large agribusiness training centers, entrepreneurial programs, Farming plays a central role in many American higher education institutions. And to highlight the unique offering, Best College Reviews, they've surveyed over 50 schools to come up with a list of the best university farms in America. There is sophisticated science and technology behind all of this. It is so breathtakingly arrogant there's also experience passed and handed down through generations that too. generations. Stuff you can't learn in a Sorry, college. There's work experience that you learn from nah, your but grandparents. You see, you don't have they enough. Don't, no, you, you, talk, you don't have enough gray matter. That's your problem. I don't even know if Mike's ever gone to a grocery store. I mean, you look at everything that gets done for us in life. I don't care if it's, all right, you go out, we're all in the service industry. You either create goods or services that people want, need, and desire. We do news, information, entertainment that you're not going to get from the media mob. We do our investigative reporting. We do regular reporting. We do strong opinions. We take phone calls. We talk sports. We talk culture. That's what we do. We do it like a whole newspaper. And we work hard to do a good job every day. And then when you get in your car, hopefully you'll tune us in and you're going to learn something, find out something that you're not, never going to hear on fake news, CNN, or conspiracy TV, MSDNC. They have, they have all of these colleges where... You're getting advanced degrees. You know, there's actual um, how to become a farmer education career roadmap. Farmer plants crops, raises animals, harvest and sell their goods to produce markets, food companies, nationally, internationally. Farming is a precarious industry because it's influenced by weather, disease, subject to price vacillations. Now think about that. Think about the weather and the disease part. Okay, it takes a lot of level of sophistication to overcome challenges that can be foreseen or unforeseen. All right, imagine the irrigation. It's easy for, ah, you just, you know, you dig a hole, you put a seed in it, cover it up with dirt, you water it. Okay, well, the problem is is you got 5,000 acres that you got to do that to. Well, then you got the sophisticated machinery that will actually do it for you, Mike. Do you even have a clue? And then you got the sophisticated machinery that will even harvest it, or at least some of it. Then you got the sophisticated machinery, and even still, you've got to work through, oh, bad weather, inclement weather, 
changing conditions, changing soil conditions. A lot of chemistry behind all of that. You know, you can get secondary degrees. I mean, agriculture, farming, you got it. You, and then a lifetime of experience. I think it takes a lot of gray matter to be a farmer. Why do people look down on what other people do? Do you like it that, that there's a guy that can come and fix your plumbing when your plumbing breaks? What if you what if you're, have your septic tank overflowing? You want to do that? You want to clean that out? Who's going to put the electrical in your house? Do you know how to lay tile? I just I happen to know how to lay tile. I did this a long time. I bet a lot of you can't even paint your own house. How much does the painter cost? What if you want to hang wallpaper? What if you need plumbing work done? You want to fix your own plumbing? Good luck. You know, little Roto-Rooter. Uh, thank God they're there. Think your Drano's going to work at the right time in the right way and your plunger's going to pull it all out for you? Sometimes that doesn't work. You know how to snake a drain? You know how to do any, uh, any of that type of repair work? What if there's a leak in the line and it's the top floor of your house and your house begins to stink? You want to be able to figure that out on your own? Might take a little bit of gray matter to figure that out. Or to wire your home in such a way that your house doesn't burn down with an electrical fire. Might take some gray matter. Or to actually build a house that's level. And actually have walls that are level and straight. And built properly. And that you actually understand the need for, for the engineering and the science behind building any structure. Well, you don't want to build it the wrong way and have the second floor collapse on the first floor, do you? Or the third floor fall all the way down to the first floor. Uh, all right, a dairy farmer, Joe in Wisconsin. Hey, Joe, how are you? We're glad you're out there, my friend. How many, how many cows do you have? Oh, just under 100. Good for you. How much milk do you produce a year? Well, it's tough on the yearly, but, uh, you know, we, we're, we're, we're holding out. And we're hoping to keep the cows. Uh, we feel like it's a slippery slope once it's once those are sold. Right. We do have beef as well. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to point out was it's not just the ignorance of Bloomberg. In the Midwest, we put up with this on a daily basis, uh, ignorance on how, how we feed the nation, how that all comes about. Uh, Let me ask, would I be able to go to my grocery store and buy milk and cheese without dairy farmers like you? Uh, it's just unbelievable, the ignorance, you know, and it's not just you go and learn it and you do it. It's a continuing learning process. You keep up with it through all your whole life. There's always things to learn and improvements. And, you know, it just, it's, it's strange to me that the disconnect seems to be growing further and further when the knowledge and the necessity of the small farmer seems, the need seems to be greater and greater. So I don't know where we're going, but let me ask I you, how did you how did you become a dairy farmer? How did you become one? Was it a family well, business? Family. Family business. So you've been doing this. How how many hours do you work on average a day? <laughs> as many as needed. You do what it takes until you're done. Sometimes it's overnight. Sometimes it's, most of the times mm. it's late at night. Let me ask you, have you ever been there? You birth uh, calves and stuff sometimes, occasionally? What's that now? Birth calves? Yeah. yeah. Yep, in fact, that's this time of year is coming up now where we're going to have uh, a bunch of that going on. I bet there's a science behind that, too. Like, if it's a breach, you you probably know how to handle that, don't you? Well, it's a science all the way from when you try to make sure the cattle come into heat and when you breed them. 
as far as the weather and everything that you put up with, it's a constant changing science on, on how to reproduce your, your stock. Well, I want to say thank you. Every time I get to go to a store and I get to buy my milk, I prefer skim milk, by the way, uh, the cheese that I like to eat, I'm going to think of Joe in Wisconsin. Joe, thank you for what you do every day. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for what you do every day, Sean. All right, my friend. God bless you and your family farm. Jim is in Missouri. He's a rancher, raises cattle. I've been watching this new series on uh, Apple. Uh, it's called Yellowstone. Kevin Costner in it. I can't stop watching it. It's great. Anyway, Jim, how are you? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be able to talk to you today. It's an honor to talk to you. Now, you raise cattle. How many cattle you got? Oh, right now we're running about 100. We have a seed stock operation, so we supply uh, heifers, females, to other commercial breeders, and we supply bulls. And I just kind of wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about what goes into our decisions to come up with uh, premium animals to sell to people. We DNA these animals and apply the DNA to specific traits that they all carry. Now, uh, Jim, what you're describing, it constitutes too much gray matter. I can't believe that that's true, that you're that intelligent. I mean, you need more gray matter, according to Michael Bloomberg. We, we also run and farm this place. So the, you got to be a carpenter, which I was a building contractor uh, till I was about 45 years old. I'm 60 now. You and me uh, both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the you way, you have to be a carpenter, you have to be a mechanic, and yep. the equipment you work on is heavy, heavy technical stuff. It's not It's not just like an old-time car engine. Um, well, I can't believe you're saying that there's this level of sophistication when all it takes is you just dig a hole, you put some dirt over it, and put a little water on it. I can teach anyone to be a farmer and, and certainly a cattle rancher, right? I mean, I guess, I, yeah. I, I guess I'd have to learn how to do a little roping, maybe, but that can't be that hard, right? Uh, well, I'll spend probably a week every night in the evening going through uh, different bulls and, and their genetic traits to match them up with certain cows we have so that I can come up with a product that people want to buy to improve the genetics of their herd. And that's what it's wow. all about. Is uh, That sounds DNA like do sophisticated DNA-advanced uh, cattle ranching to me. And thank God for you, Jim. God bless you. We ultrasound them so we know how much uh, intermuscular oh. fat they have or marbling. We ultrasound them so we know the size of their ribeyes. Um, wow. So, you know, to improve the carcass and the marbling in them. Uh, there's, <laughs> people don't understand. So when I go buy a steak at a local steakhouse, there's a lot of work behind that. Oh, man. A lot of science. And, you know. Uh, I want to say thank you, though. Increase our marbling, and my wife said, "Why do you want to increase the marbling? We're selling protein. We got to compete." It sells with- better. That's why it tastes better with the marbling. This is the answer. I can answer that part. Uh, thank you, Jim. God bless you, uh, Rowdy in Georgia. You only have thirty seconds. A peanut, corn, and watermelons. Go. Yes, sir. Wow, how's the business? Hey, it, business is great. Thank the Lord, and uh, just wanted to mention to you real quick that um, I just don't think it's right that. Rich politicians is able to walk on the back of a hardworking American man and downplay it. When we do all that we can do to provide for our families, we work daylight to dark and most time into the dark. And uh, it just really it, it pisses me off that they're able to do that, Sean. And uh, it's disgusting. You know what it is? It, it's ignorance and it's insulting and it's arrogant yes, and it's elitist. And I can't. St- I and mean, I would like to invite him to come to my farm. 
And I bet you I, he couldn't make an eight-hour day. They ain't, they, ain't, they ain't one of them up there that make an eight-hour day with a real man working on a farm. Wow, you said it well. Listen, I love peanut butter. I love peanuts. I love corn and watermelon. All right, Farmer Mike, listen up, Mike. Hey. Thank you, Rowdy. Watch my corn pop up in rows. Every night be tucked in close to you. Raise our kids where the good Lord's best. Point our rocking chairs towards the west. And plant our I think I'll I think I'll hang out with farmers over uh, the elitist arrogant Mike Bloomberg any day. The agrarian society lasted three thousand years. And we could teach processes. I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. And the information economy is fundamentally different because it's built around replacing people with technology. And the skill sets that you have to learn are how to think and analyze. And that is a whole degree level different. You have to have a different skill set. You have to have a lot more gray matter. There's this enormous cohort of black and Latino males, age, let's say, 16 to 25, that don't have jobs, don't have any prospects, don't know how to find jobs, don't know uh, that they, what their skill sets are, don't know how to behave in the workplace where but they let, have to work let collaboratively me if I, and let collectively. Me if I... The people who are going to have the biggest problem are college graduates who aren't rocket scientists, if you will, not at the top of their class. Compare a plumber to going to Harvard College. Being a plumber actually for the average person probably would be a better deal because you don't spend four years spending forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 tuition and no income. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Yeah, he knows the, the great farmer that he is. Well, you dig a hole, you stick a seed in it, put some dirt on it, you water it. I could teach all of you how to be farmers. I mean, beyond ignorant. Black and Latino males, they don't know how to behave in the workplace. I'm like, what? I mean, these broad, sweeping generalizations... Uh, now it's now we have condescending remarks against plumbers and uh, it doesn't start. It doesn't stop there. You know, murder, murderers, murder victims fit one M.O. Just take the description. You Xerox it. You pass it out to all the cops. They are male minorities, 16 to 25. True in New York. True in virtually every city. Oh, OK. Uh, <laughs> you, you, I'm like, really? That's what that's that's how you think. So um, people say, oh, my gosh, but you're arresting kids for minor marijuana and they're all minorities. Yes, that's true. All minorities. Why? Because we put all not some all the cops in minority neighborhoods. So, yeah, it's true. Why do we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And now it goes to it further. I, I OK, this is the flavor of the week for the Democrats. You know, now we're talking about you dig a hole, you put a seed in it, you put your dirt on top of it, add water and up comes the corn. I'm like, oh, is that how farmers do it? I had no idea. I thought it was a little more complicated than that. How is it that, yeah, our farmers now, the level of sophistication and the hybrids that they breed and his housekeeper comment and, you know, the, the Washington Post about, oh, you're pregnant. You need to kill it. Oh, okay. Really? And all the other things. But anyway, 800-941-SEAN is her toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Carrie Pickett, she is the one that found this uh, new quote. Blacks and Latinos don't know how to behave in the workplace. She is with the Washington Examiner. 
Uh, also, Vince Ellison is with us, conservative columnist, lecturer, author of the book, The Iron Triangle. Welcome both of you to the program. Uh, I have a feeling that this is going to be just the beginning. So let's see. He's now insulted farmers. Oh, he's telling old people, Kerry, that uh, oh, you're old enough. Uh, we're not going to treat your cancer. Go home. Die. Sorry, we can't afford it. Um, then, he, of course, he's insulting women at a pretty high level. Then it's throw him up against the wall and all the comments, racial comments that he made. And all the crime is in all only black communities We where we put all the cops. Um, now, why do I think if this was Donald Trump or a Republican running for president, it would be a, a different, different uh, response from the mob and the media? Well, Sean, here's the thing. If you remember, going way back to uh, when uh, Mayor Mike, Michael Bloomberg first ran for office when he was uh, running for mayor, he had a much easier time um, as far as his uh, campaign was concerned. Because remember, it was right after 9-11. He switched parties to become a Republican with the blessing of uh, Rudy Giuliani. And he was going up against who? Mark Green. He was the public advocate at, at the time, and he easily crushed him. So he wasn't really tested. He didn't really have to go on the campaign trail. And uh, no, no of, what he uh, did is he purposely dodged out of the Democratic primary because it was they had a million people in it. And said, "Oh, well, I'll just do it as a Republican." Exactly. You know, which was exactly. bypassing the system. He never was a Republican. And and he didn't accomplish next to nothing except he was a caretaker for Rudy's policies, which now he's denouncing 17 years later because he's playing identity politics. Exactly. And so he never really was tested on the campaign trail. No one uh, ever really shot a lot of arrows at him. So now here we are many years later, very similar to uh, Hillary Clinton, where she was never tested on the campaign trail when she ran for senator. Uh, he all of a sudden is having to deal with a lot of previous comments that he made as mayor, uh, and he is going to have to account for them. And I'm very curious. Uh, I'm over here in, uh, in Richmond, Virginia right now, asking a number of uh, legislators as well as Virginians as to uh, whether or not they can uh, vote for him on Super Tuesday um, with these uh, comments that he made, even though he gave a lot of money to a number of campaigns here that helped them get the majority here oh. in the Capitol. Uh, Vince Ellison, uh, your take on all of this. Well, man, this is like Groundhog Day for me. You know, uh, they've always been this way, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, um, I, 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 when you read John Locke's second treatise concerning civil government, he talks about these unalienable rights that we have, and the one is freedom of religion, freedom of press, you know, the, the freedom of self-defense is one of them. And it's an unalienable right. And ever since... Um, uh, the end of the Civil War, the Ku Klux Klan formed in one of their regions of forming, and they were the Demo they were the military wing of the Democrat Party, of course, was to keep freedmen disarmed. And so uh, the Democratic Party has been doing this for uh, God for, uh, ever since they've been around. They've been keeping black men disarmed. They're afraid of them. Bloomberg and uh, uh, Jim Clyburn, I tweeted out a, a video of him. Uh, uh, this morning saying that uh, 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 asked about the black unemployment uh, figures under Trump, these record low unemployment. He made us, he compared it to, uh, he said, well, when black people were enslaved, everybody were employed. So, you know, they, they, they have these condescending views of working people, of, of African-Americans ex explicitly. They've always seen black men as something to fear. They've always uh, decided to lock us up, 
mass incarceration, uh, when he talked about grabbing them and putting them up against the wall and treat them disrespectfully, yeah, that's what they do. And there's never been a time in American history, Sean, where they haven't done it. They've always done it. They're doing it today. And I can guarantee you that the majority, not all, but the majority of uh, the black politicians, the majority of the black legislators, the majority of the black preachers, and the majority of the black civic organizers are going to take Bloomberg's money. It doesn't matter what he's done. It doesn't matter what he said. You can get a picture of Mike Bloomberg beating the heck of a, out of a black man on Fifth Avenue in New York City, and they're still going to support him because that is what they do. They I, care about themselves and I'm not sure. Uh, listen, the black community. one of the things that we've noticed is, okay, now the president runs in 2016, and again, it's part of the Democratic base. They count on African-American voters and... Uh, they they say that, you know, Republicans are sexist and misogynist and racist and homophobic, et cetera. But you got Bloomberg attacking all of these groups, saying things that if Donald Trump ever said, I guarantee you it would be 24 seven, 365 uh, for the next 259 days till Election Day of them attacking them. And and yet there seems to be silence because, oh, we may need him, Kerry Pickett. And and we're willing to overlook a whole variety of sins only for one reason. He's not Donald Trump. Yes, that is uh, something that tends to happen quite often. We even saw that specifically uh, going back to his uh, days in uh, New York City uh, when he ran for a third term, or he gave himself essentially a third term. Uh, one of the things that was reported back in 2010 uh, was a $115,000 grant that was uh, given to Al Sharpton's organization. And uh, Al Sharpton essentially, or rather reportedly, according to the New York Daily News, uh, <laughs> said that he was willing to overlook the uh, third term that uh, Bloomberg essentially gave himself through the uh, <laughs> through the uh, New York lawmakers in the uh, city. So he didn't go out and, and uh, protest him at the time. So that was something that was very interesting. The only thing Bloomberg had to do was go off and pay off New York City lawmakers and Al Sharpton. So, you know, this was something that Bloomberg is essentially used to. Now he's trying to do it again on a national scale. And let's see how that works out for him. I'm not too sure about that. I'm not that sure either. I mean, do you think he ends up getting a pass here? Now, look, we've had moments where Buttigieg was surging and then he falls back. Uh, Warren was surging, then she falls back. Bernie surges, then he fell back, then he surged again. Uh, now it's like, all right, well, Biden, you know, I, they, I don't think they can salvage Biden at this point, uh, Vince Ellison. So, OK, what's the next step? All right, let's look to plan B. Plan B is Bloomberg. Now all this stuff comes out about Bloomberg and women, Bloomberg and minorities, uh, Bloomberg's uh, with the gay and lesbian community. Uh, Bloomberg with, oh, you're old enough, you should die, uh, which, OK, does, does that have an impact on people's thought process or is it just he's not Trump? It's OK. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Donald Trump's support, wherever it is, there's a mile wide and a mile deep. The people that love Donald Trump loves Donald Trump and they're not going to jump the wagon because of Bloomberg. But what you're having now, you're having a food fight over in the Democratic Party. And right now, uh, you said Biden is losing his money. Warren basically hasn't doesn't have nearly the money that Bloomberg has, and Bloomberg yeah, he is just raining money on his side. And he's going to do what he did, uh, just like uh, the the sister said on the other end. He's going to start buying politicians like he bought Al Sharpton. And believe me, a lot of them on that side, not all of them, a lot of them are just like Sharpton. They will take the money and they're going to side with Bloomberg because he's going to pay them. Period. And as we continue, Kerry Pickett, Vince uh, Ellison, with us. So the president's policies as it relates to African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. Uh, OK, we can compare that to big cities 
decades of liberal rule that has failed. Uh, I can't believe that I even can that this is even possible in today's America, but it is. The city of Baltimore, for example, 13 high schools, not a single child proficient in math and reading. Not one. How is that possible? How is it possible with all the violence on on just about every weekend in the city of Chicago? And it continues. How is the great city of uh, San Francisco doing, which we've covered? The city of Los Angeles doing? The great city of New York doing? Now that New York is now, you know, either sanctuary cities or states or no bail states, you got a guy coming out of jail arrested 139 times thanking everybody for letting him out of jail without bail so he can commit more crimes. But the question is, and I guess voters will have to decide, Kerry Pickett, will the success of specifically Donald Trump has had with minorities in America, will that eat into the Democratic base? Will people look at the comments of Bloomberg and say, you know what, we can see through you. You're a phony. You're a politician. You didn't say a word about stop and frisk for 17 years. And the only reason you're doing it now is for political expediency. Does he lose the elderly, the older base, because he says, yeah, we're going to let you die and not treat you because you're too old? Does he lose women because of all these other issues that have come up? Uh, these are, you know, big portions of the Democratic base. Does he does Donald Trump have an opportunity to, to, to get those voters? I think where Donald Trump really does tend to succeed in, in all of those uh, different elements there is that he comes off as a law and order president, especially in in a number of areas where we have seen crime spike, especially when uh, people are, are actually seeing uh, Democrats coming off as, as unfortunately, uh, having this sort of uh, pro-criminal uh, sort of uh, agenda right now. And it's unfortunate because there are a number of, of uh, Democrats right now who really don't want to have that image. I mean, look, I've spoken to a number, a number of Democrats up on Capitol Hill who feel very uncomfortable about that. And they don't like a number of, uh, of laws that have been passed, for example, up in Albany, that have uh, that have really hurt the the communities over in New York. That have also hurt the communities over in uh, over in California and other states. So this could be an opportunity for for a Trump. But in the same light, uh, if the uh, if the Democrats begin to uh, make some good negotiations and start to uh, you know begin to put pressure on their on their own uh, colleagues, uh, it, it could make a difference. But we'll see. Well, I don't disagree. What do you think, Vince? Is there going to be a shift? I mean, because these are votes that Democrats have counted on every two, four years. You know, you always hear the same thing. Republicans are racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. But I, I think it, these things are said falsely for a reason. And the reason is, is that they don't want big portions of the Democratic base to go to the Republican Party, so they just lie about them. That's textbook 101 Democratic politicking. Well, Do Donald Trump has changed the game. He's gone over them. You used to have to ask permission to go into their pulpits or get on their TV shows or get in their newspaper. Donald Trump now goes straight to their iPhone. And because of that, people are seeing that this is no longer true. There are some that are going to be trapped in the system because they have to depend on the system to survive. But then there are those that are out there that are seeing that things are better. They're seeing that Trump is not what they say he is. They are seeing what's going on in their community. And the black community is still very, very religious. I got to uh, let yeah, it go. Okay. I got to let it go there. Vince Ellison, thank you. Iron Triangle is his book. Kerry Pickett, Washington Examiner, thank you. 
800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Laura Trump uh, at the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls uh, coming up next. More on the pardons that uh, the president gave out from earlier today and much more as we continue. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. I-25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. All right. Let's, uh, let's zip through a lot of phone calls here. A lot of you have a lot to say. Uh, New York, Erica, uh, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. We're glad you called. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I hope I have some insight for you and the listeners that would they'll find interesting. I am an architect, and I work for a lot of Bloomberg-type uh, clientele, tech giants, CEOs, masters of the universe. Um, so I think I have an interesting perspective. The comments yesterday about farming and the Industrial Revolution and gray matter, I, I was so angry when I heard that. I, I, was, I thought it was so insulting and out of touch. And what I've come to realize through my work is that there is, there is smarts. You can be smart or you can be wise. And what's the difference? I've had, you know, I've taught a CEO how to use a tape measure because they did not know what the numbers were for. I have plunged the toilet of, you know, you, everyone knows who these people are. I've plunged the toilet, clogged toilet of a tech giant who didn't know how to use a plunger. So uh, a lot of people who are so-called smart today by today's standards are not necessarily wise. Uh, listen, I think you're talking about emotional intelligence. You're talking about common sense. You're talking about, uh, you know, street smarts. You're talking about, you know, what you can learn at Harvard Business School. It's a combination. I'm going to tell you this, though. There is, and, and I think, Erica, this is really vital. There are people, like, I, I, I am amazed. Erica, maybe answer this question to, for me. I want to know, like, for example, I go shopping all the time, and people are like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, shopping. Why, well, why are you here? I'm like, because I like to eat, obviously. <laughs> look, at my, look at my basket. But I guess I look at somebody like Bloomberg, and I'm listening to him, and I'm thinking, wow, this, this guy, all he knows is that the food is in his refrigerator. You know, and that's how it right. got there. The, the, well, the art and the science that goes into farming today is so sophisticated it is so spectacularly technologically advanced. It is just such a breathtaking level of ignorance. I don't know. I mean, look, I think one of the best things that ever happened to me, Erica, and I don't know if your life is, I've worked in all those service industries. I've been yelled at as a waiter and bartender, you know, washing dishes and, and my years as I a contractor. Too. And But I will tell you, I mean, wow, it's crazy. Well, I think, I mean, one of the takeaways of working for Bloomberg types is what I've realized is it's really not very easy to be that rich. And I've probably met two or three families out of hundreds that can actually pull it off. It's very difficult because you really do lose yourself and, uh, and lose your value system. And you, 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 but anybody can lose their value system. I mean, it's not unique to just rich people or people well, it's a that lot harder. It's a lot harder when well, you're that rich. But let me tell you something. All right, you could, you could be rich as can be. Let's say Bloomberg owns 15 private jets, which I'm sure he probably does, or whatever he, whatever stuff he owns, whatever mansions he owns, uh, whatever places he has. Let me tell you something that Bloomberg's going to discover just like the rest of us, because we're all dying. At some point, we're out of here. 
But you know what? You think you own your car. You think you own your house. You think you own, in his case, your jet. You think you own your mansions, whatever. But guess what? We're all renters. Because right? the minute you leave, somebody's going to be living in your mansion, flying your plane, driving your fancy car, and right. and uh, probably, you know, with your spouse eventually. You know, let's be well, honest. You know, and the blue, you know, you, you are, we're all farmer. renters. The farmer does not need Bloomberg. And I think it really will become evident if there's a catastrophic event. Because if the power grid fails, if there's war, disease, natural disaster, the Bloombergs are going to be the first the first people to go because they can they have no survival skills or common sense. And I don't think that you know the way that it's going, I don't think that they're going to people like that are going to find it out. Find I'm telling out. you, listen, I I wonder about people if they're ever stuck in, you know, what if something happens? You know, there's a test. Um, oh, I know what it is. A buddy of mine's a doctor and he sits on a board to for medical school entrance and, you know, in you know, if you could, if if Armageddon happens, and you can only pick like a school teacher and a, a handyman and a, this person and that person, it's very interesting. I'll get the exact wording of it and bring it on the show, but it's very, very interesting to me. But I'll tell who's, you, who's the who's the smart one? Who's the intelligent? Well, it's one interesting. The, it if, all changes. Well, one, you'd want to continue the race. So if you're male, you'd pick a, at least one of the, the three people you pick would be female. If you're female, you pick one male. Uh, secondly, you'd want somebody that's innovative and handy and can build stuff. Uh, and third, maybe somebody with a medical background. And, you know, right up there with everything is if somebody's a farmer, that means you can eat. So all right. of that would all of that would play into it. Anyway, good call, Erica. And it reminds me, we played Thank a little you. bit of this yesterday. It's a Hank Williams Jr. song, Country Boy Will Survive. And it just, it compares the life of big city people and country people. And, you know, look at the Don Lemon. Well, damn up people looking at them, their maps and the lines and not take drinking Ukrainian. Who cares about Ukraine? You know, all that stuff, making fun of irredeemable, deplorable, smelly Walmart shoppers. But Hank Williams Jr. makes a pretty good point in this song. Make our own whiskey and our own smoke, too. Many things these old boys can't do. We grow good old tomatoes and homemade wine, and country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Because you can't stop us out and you can't make a run. Those wooden old boys raised on I think he, and then he talks about like, uh, he's got a friend in a big city and he always called me hillbilly. And then a guy in the big city got killed. I mean, it's part of the song, but it's amazing. Um, those skills, life set skills that people have, you know, I'd like to see Bloomberg. Here's something I'd like to say. I'd like to see Bloomberg out in the fields, you know, digging the hole, putting in the seed, putting some dirt over it and watering it. Did he forget that weeds grow up around it? Did he forget that you got to hoe all the weeds around or else it'll strangle the plant, whatever it happens to be? Does he know the amount of fertilizer that might be needed? Does he know what to do when the soil turns bad or alkaline or not the proper pH balance? 
Does he know any of that science? Just drop a seed in there. But it's breathtaking arrogance. I mean, I, I, I never forget, you know, think of like, I, it's, it goes into the, the same thinking or thought process to me. And I think this is an important question to have because I think farmers are great. You know, think of everything you buy at Walmart. Smelly Trump supporting Walmart shopper. Everything you buy at the grocery store. Everything you buy at the mall. Everything you buy online. Well, guess how it gets there. We have a bunch of, we have truckers that take everything to and fro. No truckers? Guess what? You're not getting any products that you, you buy online and you expect shipped overnight at your convenience next day delivery. You don't get it. And it's, you know, think about, okay, what if, I've always said that, that no matter what, in life, no matter what you do, you always get more back. And what does that mean? Okay, so you, you go out and we're all in the service industry of some kind, right? You know, we're providing goods or services to people, one or the other. There's no in-between. And while you are serving others, while you're pr- creating products for others, well, you get paid money. And then you get to spend that money on an apartment or a house. But somebody built the apartment. Somebody built the house. Somebody put the plumbing in. Somebody wired the house, put the electric in. And if you're like me, I can't even put a TV set in anymore. So somebody has to put the TV set in and then show me which buttons to push to watch Apple TV or Netflix or regular TV. I mean, but you get, but if you had to lay all the tile, if you had to wire the whole house and paint the whole house and frame the whole house and put the plumbing in the whole house and lay down the septic tank for the house or connect it to the sewer line in the house, you see where I'm going here? It's like, okay, you go provide your special service or the, or the goods you're producing for others, but then you get the money and then you get to pay the plumber, the electrician. And then, oh, by the way, the, you get to go to the store and you get all the choices of all the groceries you'd ever want to buy. But there's elitism. There is an egalitarian elitism. There is a, there is a snobbery, if you will, that looks down on people that do these, well, mundane jobs for us every day. But you know what? Well, what do we eat if it's not for our farmers, not for our ranchers, not for those people that deliver the food fresh for us? You know, I don't think Bloomberg is in touch exactly with the average American. Remember, it was a big deal that George Herbert Walker Bush, you know, he couldn't, he didn't know how, oh, you got these scanning things. When did you get them? They didn't know how much a gallon of milk is. By the way, I'd say about 550 now. Where I am, somewhere in there. See, I do my own shopping. Every, every week I go and people, well, what are you doing here? I'm like, shopping? Oh, I guess people think I have people for that, right? That's what they're thinking. I love to shop. I love to cook. It, my, when I cook, my mind is free as a bird. Love it. Chopping my onions, my bell peppers, you know, my garlic, sautéing, you know. I go, I really go for it. My seasonings, I like it all. You know, I know people that uh, are do blue-collar work. I know contractor friends of mine. There's some people that, like, for example, I never finished college. I didn't have any money to finish college. I went, I was a Dean's List student, went to Delphi a year, NYU a year, went to a school in Rhode Island for a year. I had a great student, but I just ran out of money and started working. And, you know, I remember one time my family, like, they came across my old transcripts and they're looking at them, 3-8 Cume. And they're like, what are you doing? Why didn't you just go back? Don't you, don't you, then you can say that you, you got your degree. And I'm like, say what? What do I need it for? What am I learning? I study more now than I've ever studied in my life. On any given day, the number of pages that I sift through is in the thousands. Oh, that's hyperbole. No, it's not. And then if you add everything in between, it is not. 
Um, and I know people that are, that do feel insecure, maybe because they do blue collar work. And I'm like, well, I know blue collar guys that are making a fortune. If you're a good plumber, electrician, builder, roofer, whatever you happen to be, you're making a lot of money. And you have the freedom to work your own hours outside, away from an office, and you run the show. How cool is that? All right, let's get to our busy phones again. Laura Trump at the top of the hour. Uh, let's say hi to Mel in North Carolina. We'll be looking at North Carolina closely in 259 days from now, very early in the evening. North Carolina will be a bellwether indicator which way the night's going to go. How are you, Mel? I'm doing great, Sean. Appreciate everything that you do twice a day. Thank you, my friend. What's going on? Uh, just a couple of quick points. It, it still bothers me when I think about the trial, and, and you know they kept stressing how critical the aid was. But one of the newscasts, or maybe it was during the trial, I remember somebody saying that the aid that was held was future aid. And if that's a true fact, I just don't understand why that wasn't you know, more prominently vocalized so that everybody would realize it wasn't threatening. And you know, during the whole trial thing, they kept wanting to say that everything that the president did was out of fear of you know, competing against Biden in the election, when I think that's hilarious that he's, would, anybody would think that he was threatened by Biden when he beat out 16 staunch career Republican candidates back in 2015 to get the slot that he's in. So, I mean, th- those two things just keep sticking out in my mind. And then with the Bluebird thing going on, I've never understood. And I remember in the eighth grade, we had some type of political discussion back in the mid-70s. And I made this point back then, and maybe I'm just kind of goofy in my way of thinking, but I never understood why there's not a cap about how much a candidate can spend during the whole course of their campaign to make sure that everybody's on the same playing field. And then you wouldn't have to worry about Bloomberg situations. Look, I'm going to be honest. I mean, if it's your money and you want to spend your money any way you want to spend your money, I don't think the government, to me, it's like freedom of speech. Now we could say, well, it's not an equal playing field, but okay, life's not fair, number one. Number two, uh, look, there certainly is an advantage to money. But if you have a message that is resonating and you outwork your opponent, I believe that you can beat them. I don't know. It would be worth looking into how much Trump took out of his own pocket for the 2016 campaign. I don't know. I know that they're setting records at the RNC, especially during impeachment. But, you know, look, Bloomberg has been running a slick marketing campaign. Now he's going to debate. Now I read today's he's sitting there getting debate prep. They're prepping every second of every hour of every day. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, But I got to tell you, you know what? He's still Bloomberg and still these comments. He doesn't get a pass. Nobody gets a pass, or at least on my show. And we're going to vet all these candidates. And then hopefully in 259 days, Mel, you and your fellow Americans shock the world again. That's what I'm hoping. Okay? Absolutely. All right. News Roundup Information Overload uh, Hour. Laura Trump and then your calls. uh, Great Hannity tonight at 9. Tell you about that as we continue. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. The agrarian society lasted 3,000 years, and we could teach processes. I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. Then, then um, you have 300 years of the industrial society. Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank and the direction of the arrow, and you can have a job. And, and we created a lot of jobs. 1.98% of the world worked in, uh, in agriculture. Today, it's 2% in the United States. Uh, now comes the information economy. And the information economy is fundamentally different 
because it's built around replacing people with technology and the skill sets that you have to learn are how to think and analyze. And that is a whole degree level different. You have to have a different skill set. You have to have a lot more gray matter. It's not clear the teachers can teach or the students can learn. And so the challenge for society to find jobs for these people who we can take care of giving them a roof over their head and a meal in their stomach and a cell phone and a car and that sort of thing. But the thing that's the most important that will stop them from setting up the guillotine someday is the dignity of a job. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to sit up all night with a newborn colt and watch it die and dry his eyes and say, maybe next year. I need somebody who can shape an axe handle from a persimmon sprout, shoe a horse with a hunk of car tire, who can make harness out of hay wire feed sacks and shoe scraps, who planting time and harvest season will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon and then pain in from tractor back, put in another 72 hours. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-combed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. It had to be somebody who'd plow deep and straight and not cut corners. Somebody to seed, weed, feed, breed, and rake, and disc, and plow, and plant, and tie the fleece, and strain the milk. Somebody who'd bail a family together with the soft, strong bonds of sharing, who would laugh, and then sigh, and then reply with smiling eyes when his son says that he wants to spend his life doing what dad does. So God made a farmer. Make our own whiskey and our own smoke too. Ain't too many things these old boys can't do. And homemade wine And country boy can survive Country folks can survive Because you can't stop us out And you can't make a run Cause when the old boys raised on shotguns We say crazy We say ma'am and being into that, we don't really give a damn either. Anyway, Hank Jr., News Roundup Information Overload. Yeah, there he is. I could teach all you people to be fun. Are you crazy? Come on. It's, I could teach anybody. You just dig a hole. You put a seed in. You put dirt on top. You add water. Up comes the corn. I could teach anybody to be a farmer. How arrogant is this guy? I mean, it's breathtaking arrogance. That, oh, you're 95 years old. Oh, you have cancer. You've had a good life. Go home. Go home. You're done. <laughs> think back on your life. Who cares what your kids and grandkids think? Why would, I wonder if that goes for him, too. Then, of course, you know, we've got the genius. Murderers, murder victims. They've picked one M.O. Just take the description. You Xerox it. You pass it out to all the cops. They're all male minorities, 16 to 25. That's where the crime is. And then he says, yeah, you got to throw these kids up against the wall. Like, what? He goes, well, that's one of the unintended consequences. He said, well, Mr. Mayor, why are you only arresting minority kids for marijuana? 
Because while it's true that we only arrest minority kids because that's where we put all the cops in minority neighborhoods. Why? Because that's where all the crime is. Not some all. Wow. And of course, his comments on women. Now what's going to be interesting to watch is how Democrats and the mob and the media try and run defense for the lunacy of Bloomberg, their plan B, because Biden plan A fell apart. Laura Trump is with us and she is the head of the Trump 2020 reelection campaign. How are you? Oh, hello, Sean. Great to be with you. I'm doing great. And the God made a farmer speech, one of the classics and shows you right there. All you need to know about how condescending and ridiculous uh, the words that we heard from Michael Bloomberg were. By the way, you're, you're in North Carolina. You came originally, you grew up in North Carolina, right? I grew up in North Carolina. I come from a family of farmers. I still have blueberry farmers and hog farmers in my family. And I'll tell you, they don't take very kindly to words like that. Um, It's really demeaning to people. And uh, it's not that easy, just so he knows. If he would like to come out and give it a shot, I'm sure some of my family members would be happy to to let him take a hack at it. It's not that. It is now sophisticated science. You're getting advanced degrees in farming and all related matters. I mean, the the breathtaking dismissal and, and oh, and how farmers need more gray matter. I mean, yeah, I'm like, exactly. wow. <laughs> well, you know what? He's got so much coming at him. I don't know that he planned for all this, Sean. I mean, I think he really thought, I have all the money in the world. I'm going to spend every penny that I, I, I have that I, I'll never need all this money. I'm going to do it to defeat Donald Trump. I don't think he saw all this coming. I also don't think we really know how people will react because we've never seen this before. We've never seen anybody try to buy their way directly into a nomination. So I really can't see the Bernie Sanders supporters, where the vast majority of energy on the Democrat side lies, getting behind a rich white billionaire, uh, you know, that this old guy that they claim to dislike this sort of thing, how are they going to get behind him? How is he really going to win the nomination? It's a really interesting situation, the Democrats. But you know something, both your husband, Eric, and Don and Ivanka always referred to Donald Trump. He's a billionaire, as a blue-collar billionaire. And it's interesting because it's, it's, not, it's the arrogance here. If it was Donald Trump that had made any of these broad sweeping generalizations about people in the black community, I doubt it would be ignored to the level it's being ignored. And by the way, there's new stuff coming out every day. The latest today came out. Blacks and Latinos don't know how to behave in the workplace. He actually said that there's this enormous cohort of black and Latino males aged, let's say, 16 to 25 that don't have jobs, don't have any prospects, don't know how to find jobs, don't know uh, that they what their skill sets are, don't know how to behave in the workplace where they have to work collaboratively and collectively. And then, of course, so look at the Democratic Party base. All right. African-Americans are a big part of the Democratic Party base. Uh, They've been insulted. Farmers have been insulted. Blue collar workers have been insulted. Old people have been told, well, you're 95. Get the hell out of here. You had a good life and we're not going to give you any care because we can't afford it. I'm sure he at 95 wouldn't try to spend every penny he had to get more time. Uh, His insults against women. uh, Why don't you just kill it? Come on. I already have 16 other people out on maternity to leave my company. Just kill it. I'm not sure how that goes over. It's not. I don't think again, I don't think he expected all this. And You know what? People find out very quickly once you get into politics, you know, everything comes out. And um, 
it, it will be interesting to see, listen, as we head to their convention, is it going to be a broker convention for the Democrats? There's no clear frontrunner other than Bernie Sanders, and we know they're trying to get rid of him every single day because this guy is a socialist, and I think the Democrat establishment is quickly realizing American citizens – by and large, do not want socialism in this country. It would completely destroy America. So they got a conundrum on their hands. Uh, the good news, Sean, is that this president, Donald Trump, is working day in and day out while all of this nonsense is going on with the Democrat Party. They've tried to impeach him. They've tried to uh, accuse him of colluding with Russia, everything under the sun. He has never for a second stopped working for the people of this country. And that's why it doesn't matter if it's Bloomberg. I don't think it matters if it's Bernie Sanders or uh, bless his heart, Joe Biden, who I think by and large is out of this race. Uh, it doesn't matter because the people of this country every day feel the effects of Donald Trump as president. And I think they're going to come out in record numbers on November 3rd of 2020 and reelect him for four more years. You know what's uncanny? I never, and I've been doing this 31 years on radio, 24 years now on the Fox News Channel. I'm in my 24th year, believe it or not. And I could tell you that I never watched a campaign where somebody said, well, what have you got to lose? You can't do any worse. And and that was the president's message, because every two and four years, Democrats say Republicans are racist and sexist and homophobic and xenophobic and Islamophobic. And they want grandma to die in, you know, dirty air and water. But this president said, OK, now all these big cities that have been run for decades by Democratic by by Democratic administrations have deteriorated at such a dramatic rate. But this president, with eliminating, what, endless burdensome regulation, lowering taxes, now we have record low unemployment for every demographic in the country. And people that are doing the best, record low unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African American youth unemployment, record low unemployment. Does the president, in when he goes out now campaigning in the next 259 days, does that success, I'll add to it criminal justice reform, does that, does that success lend itself to a shifting demographic? I've got to believe it does. Oh, I absolutely think so, Sean. I think we're going to see record numbers of black Americans voting for a Republican in this election when they come out and cast their votes for Donald Trump. Because, listen, I don't care who you are. The Democrats like to box people up. They say, we've got women's votes, we've got black American votes, Latino American votes. Guess what? Donald Trump doesn't care what you look like, what your gender, your religion, anything. He cares that you are an American and he's fighting for you every day. And I think people are finally feeling that. And so they're not being bamboozled anymore and hoodwinked by the Democrats who have boxed people up and pandered to them for decades and decades. I think they're going to come out and support Donald Trump in record numbers, whatever demographic you're talking about, because he has done things for every group of people in this country that has made their life better. There's, there's no way to deny that. And you're right. His message in 2016 was, what do you have to lose? The message now, as we head into 2020, is look at how much we could lose if any of these Democrats got a hold of this country. It is absolutely frightening. Yet, look at how much prosperity there could be still to come with four more years of Donald Trump. All right, quick break. We'll come back more. Laura Trump on the other side. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Your calls for the final half hour of the program today. This morning, the brand new jobs numbers came in. We smashed expectations and created 225,000 new jobs last month. 225,000. They were thinking maybe 100. 
maybe 105. I was watching all the geniuses this morning on television. <laughs> what do you think it's going to be? It's going to be 110. 225, pretty good, right? 225,000 for last month. That's only last month. All right, as we continue with Laura Trump, and she is the campaign advisor for the Trump 2020 re-elect campaign. They all want open borders. Uh, those that didn't respect our laws, border sovereignty, they get citizenship. I know Bloomberg said that this week. Uh, so they they stand together on that. They all are running on some form of higher taxes, wealth taxes. They all want government takeover of industry, energy industry in particular. They all seem to be after the new Green Deal, Medicare for all. How did Obamacare work out? Uh, it's numbing to me that there I guess there's a certain appeal to everybody being told, oh, no, every need you have in life is going to be taken care of. But I just go right, look at Obamacare. Millions lost their doctors. Millions lost their plans. Forty percent of the country only has one Obamacare exchange option. And we're not saving twenty five hundred dollars per family per year. We're paying on average almost two hundred percent more per family per year. That, 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 that's a lot of broken promises just in that. Yeah, you know what? I, the people of this country, I think, know that once you get out there in the workforce, nothing is free. They want to give everything for free to everybody. Somebody, Sean, ultimately has to pay for this. Americans are smart. We're not falling for this anymore. We know that if any of these, you know, very, very far left, some socialists get a hold of this country, the things that they would do and, and the way they would implement them would bankrupt our entire country. It's not sustainable. It would be an unrecognizable America. And nothing is free. And I think people are, are finally realizing that. Guess what? You know who a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters are? It's really young college students who have never had any work experience. They've never had to pay taxes before. Guess what? When you get out there and you get your first paycheck and you see how much is already taken out of your paycheck and taxes, it starts becoming very real to you. And you say, wait a minute, this isn't right. This isn't how it's supposed to be. It could go through the roof, those taxes, if Bernie Sanders or, quite frankly, any of the Democrats became the president uh, versus this president who has lowered taxes, who has rolled back regulations. We see growth flourishing in this country, consumer confidence, small business confidence through the roof. Our country is firing on all cylinders, especially economically. And, and I think that people are in tune with that, especially if you're a working citizen. All right, Laura Trump, uh, the head of the 2020 re-election campaign for the president. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for being with us. We have a fascinating 259 days, and the ultimate jury, the American people, get to decide. We'll continue. $60 billion can buy you a lot of advertising, but it can't erase your record. There's a lot to talk about with Michael Bloomberg. He hasn't gone on the Sunday show since he announced. Instead, he's just running ads. And I don't think you should be able to hide behind the ads. How troubled are you by these allegations and this evidence of alleged sexism and racism? Well, I think he's going to have to answer for that and speak to it. Look, uh, this is uh, a time where voters are looking for a president who can lead us out of the days when it was just commonplace or accepted to have these kinds of uh, uh, sexist and discriminatory attitudes. The simple truth is that Mayor Bloomberg, with all his money, will not create the kind of excitement and energy we need to have the voter turnout we must have to defeat Donald Trump. 
All right, there you have it. There's the setup. There's the battle lines are drawn up. I mean, we're less than two weeks away from Super Tuesday. Now, uh, nationally, Sanders, the angry, bitter socialist, has opened up a 12-point lead in the Democratic primary race. Sanders, 31%. This is NPR, PBS, uh, Marist poll released today, pushing him into the top spot. Used to be held by uh, quid pro quo Joe. Then you got Bloomberg uh, down uh, in, now in second place with 19%. You know, there's all these candidates. They surge, they sink. They sink, they surge. They surge. The one constant seems to be Bernie. Bernie stays right there. At the top, near the top, around the top, and has been winning. Buttigieg has uh, seemed to drop off a map quite a bit. Warren has fallen out. I don't see how Joe recovers. I don't see any possibility. So plan B now is Bloomberg. All right, well, what's Bloomberg? Democrats now, this was in the Washington Post. They're expecting that Democrats are going to go after everything. As it relates, okay, he's going to get away with his comments about farming. His comments about, oh, you're 95 years old, drop dead, get out of here. We're not paying for your health care. What about his, you know, how arrogant and out of touch he is? At the end of the day, though, they're all the same. I mean, you've got some version of the new Green Deal that they support. Uh, they got some version of them nationalizing industry. You got some version of their Medicare for all, except I guess Bernie, I guess uh, Bloomberg wants death panels. You got some version of stacking the courts and eliminating the Electoral College uh, so they can cheat. You got some version of open borders. You got some version of everything's free. You got some version of tuition is going to be paid for. Uh, and then you have the one version is, uh, well, we just hate Donald Trump. And that seems to be the overwhelming message of everybody. But OK, well, the results matter, because if results matter, Donald Trump will win reelection in 259 days. But I don't get to decide that. We just get to give you the news and information that the mob keeps from you, like the success. When has the mob ever told you the success story of Donald Trump's presidency? Just like they hid the failure. And I know Obama's take Obama yesterday takes credit for the for the Trump economy. I'm like, uh, no, you don't get credit for the Trump economy. Ending burdensome regulation, cutting taxes dramatically impacted the economy in positive ways. By every measure, we're doing a lot better. Then if you look, OK, we're not bribing dictators anymore, are we? 150 billion cash of the currency. Nope, that ain't happening. Soleimani's dead. The number one state sponsor of terror, the guy that that carried out all that terrorism, all those proxy wars. Soleimani dead. Baghdadi dead. The caliphate dead. Now the head of Al Qaeda in Yemen dead. Oh, I'd say those are pretty big accomplishments. But what did Trump do that Obama Biden didn't do is they took off the handcuffs of the military and the rules of engagement so we could beat the caliphate, bombed them into oblivion and now using the next generation of weaponry, which we got to continue building. All right. Ohio. uh, Michael is next. Uh, Michael will be watching the great state of Ohio in 259 days, sir. Glad you're aboard. Hey, thank you, Sean. Hey, quick question. How could Bernie run as a Democrat if he's not even registered as a Democrat? No, listen, Bloomberg. Oh, you mean Bernie Sanders? Uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie. Oh, yeah, Bernie. Well, he caucuses and he's running as a Democrat in the Democratic primary. I don't know if he had to change his registration. I assume he probably did. That's my guess. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because uh, look, it's uh, like maybe they can't kick him out of the party if he's not registered. Well, they'd like to. I mean, they want to cheat him again. And I don't know what they get in Bloomberg that they don't have in Bernie Sanders. Everyone seems to think, you know, I mean, I think they if anything, if it's going to be fascinating in this debate that it comes up, I guess, later this week. Are they really going to go after Bloomberg for his comments? 
Are they going to? I mean, one thing I don't know: do, do these national, I mean, the Democrats and Republicans, the committees, don't they have rules? If you're going to run under their label, well, here's some rules you have to run under. I mean, yeah, well, they're supposed to be, whatever it is. remember, we were reading again, although Donna Brazil, I talked to Donna Brazil last night. Donna Brazil was the one that had to tell Bernie Sanders that, yeah, they cheated you back in 2016. And she said she was teary eyed when she said it. And I believe her. I've known Donna for many, many years. And while we don't agree on politics, we get along great. She's fine. Lovely person. We just disagree politically. And but they're trying to cheat him again. They're trying to get the superdelegates to run in the first ballot again. They're trying to stack the deck again. I don't think Bernie Sanders supporters are going to take it as uh, as well as they did the last time. That's my guess. It's going to be a joke. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm literally about to f***ing kill myself, and I'm not kidding. Oh. You better f***ing fix this right now. I literally am going to die. I need an ambulance. That was a Bernie supporter back in 2016. <laughs> Poor Bernie wow. supporters. Uh, all right, Michael, we'll be watching you 259 days. Thank you, sir. Uh, Don Lake Ronkonkoma, Long Island, New York. What's up, Don? Welcome aboard, sir. Hey, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. Pleasure's mine. What's on your mind today, Don? Listen, since I was 11 years old, I worked on a farm in upstate New York. Wow. And, uh, I didn't know that. It, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've had a farm up there. We still have it. My mother's still up there. But uh, that the insulting... Uh, uh, of Mr. Bloomberg is just incredible. You know, my nephew, when he was 21, he drove from uh, New Jersey, where he he's on a farm there, and he drove out to Texas in uh, in April, and he worked on the combines. And from uh, May to November, they went up from Texas through Oklahoma, through Kansas, through Nebraska, harvesting the wheat. When they got to Montana, they turned around and they harvested the corn. Behind them were all the equipment to fix the equipment. He was a diesel mechanic and he was an expert welder. The, ex- the age of this uh, 14-man team was around 18 and 19. He was 21 at the time. And they had to, re- they had to do everything to get that weeded. They were slaves to the, lab- uh, to the weather. One hailstorm would knock out the entire corn crop. It was just amazing, and it just to be what those farmers have to go to, not just to feed themselves, but to feed our country and feed the world, Sean, and you've known known that for years. It's so sophisticated. It is so scientifically advanced. There is so much knowledge that they have accumulated, and you're right, we feed the entire country, but if you're Bloomberg, well, I could teach you how to farm. You just take a seed, you drop it in a hole, put some dirt on it, a little water, you're all done. Uh, it's breathtaking. It's, it's, it takes my breath away. The level of arrogance, it's actually laughable because he thinks he's so, you know, he's so sanctimonious and, and ugh, arrogant beyond words. You know, oh, I could teach all of you how to farm. I, I could teach anyone. You, you, you need more gray matter to do what I do. You need more gray matter to do yeah, the information age. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if this guy ever went to a grocery store. I love grocery shopping. I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, I used to, because I remember when I would grocery shop at night, I have to like pinch pennies and couldn't buy anything. Now I go grocery shopping. I'll take this. I'll take this. I'll take this. I'll take this. I get everything. To me, it's like a kid in a candy store with a lot of money. And I'm just like, oh, I can spend anything I want now. I never would have bought this before, but now I'll buy it. Does that make sense? Because I've had money for a lot of years now, but I still think like when I was, when I had no money. My mind so what's hasn't the one shifted. Thing you buy every time you go food shopping? I always buy meat. I'm a meat eater. You know. So, like, do you always like, for example, like my son loves French fries. So every time I go food shopping, I buy French fries. Uh, so every time you go food shopping, okay. what's the one staple you buy? 
Salt, Meat, probably. salt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Five canisters at least. That'll get you through a week, right? Now, if I told you my eating habits, people would think I'm absolutely insane, so I don't even want to go there. I come You've up with these concoctions. Started. No, I mean, I, I tend to like eat... A lo- I, I will eat lean chopped meat always. Love that. I get the thinnest steak possible. St- I mean, like a, uh, a T-bone. But it only has like... It's 0.55 of a pound. And they make them, and I go to Stop and Shop where I live. You know, it's like Albertson, the Publix, wherever people are. And uh, I get those. I get the thin sliced chicken cutlets. I like those. Um, I like to make things a lot different than anything else. I use a lot of flavorings. I like chili powder a lot, hot chili powder, and garlic salt and onion salt and pepper. I use a lot of that. I like to grill. Uh, What else do I get? What are you putting it on? Is it olive oil or butter? No, I don't use any butter. No, I actually use, believe it or not, vegetable broth. Or I broil Vegetable it. broth? Ve- vegetable broth? Yeah, broth. Yeah, you can cook anything in it. And it's only like 15 calories. I like pork chops, but I like only the thin ones with bones. I'm a bone nut. My mother could strip, like, she would eat chicken and, you know, like a chicken wing, and it'd be, she would, it'd be nothing left. It would be like she's still eat, she's eating the bone. I like I, I have that whatever it is. I like to throw a lot of salt on it and just suck on the bone forever. Do you get your salt from Costco with how much you go through? The oh, I get it. Five pound bag. You you're, know? Uh, no, you're a wise ass, and you did give me a great present one Christmas. You got me salt from all over the world: black salt, pink salt, yellow salt, salt to here, salt. You know, from all that went very fast. And uh, but I did enjoy. Well, it. You put salt in the salt on the uh, salt. I don't put salt on the salt. I do eat some vegetables. I do like tomatoes. <laughs> I like yeah, cucumbers. Okay. I like celery. Tomatoes are a fruit. I know. Well, true. I like I like celery. I do like peas and carrots and corn. But you're a big tofurkey and, uh, guy. And onions. I put onions on everything. Saute onions. Even saute them in the vegetable broth. Because this way I don't use butter. And you can use oils, too. Uh, all right. My cooking show is almost over. Let's go to... Uh, <laughs> Jeremy is in Oklahoma. Jeremy, how are you? Glad you called. It's handy farmer well, shopper Sean. hour. You know, farm and shop. Go ahead. I'm doing well, Sean. My question or comment is I'm a first-time voter this year. I'm 21, college student. I'm a first-time voter. I'm on the Trump train this year. But my question is about Michael Bloomberg. If he does become the nominee, if it goes to contested convention, or if he does well on Super Tuesday, if he even thinks of picking Hillary Clinton as his VP, do you think that would honestly help his poll numbers, you know, as well as how she did in 2016 as far as from the exit polls among millennials and even among independents? You know, would that honestly here's, help Michael here's, Bloomberg? Here's my measure. Are you better off than you were four years ago? I would say check. We are. I won't repeat. Foreign policy, Soleimani, Baghdadi, the caliphate, the al-Qaeda head in Yemen, done. Uh, are we better off with trade deals? Yes. Did he keep that promise? Did he keep his tax cut promise? Yes. Did he keep his promise? Now he's secured the money and he's building the border wall. Did he keep his promise on trade deals? You know, promises made, promises kept. Now, the people that were his base in 2016, are they still energized? Are they still going to support Trump? I'd say yeah, 100%. I don't think there's any attrition. Okay, next question. All the people... Remember, we have 8 million new jobs created, record low unemployment for every, every demographic. Is there, is there a possibility that those people that have benefited the most under the Trump economic plan 
that they will cross over and vote for Trump. Have Americans also adopted to Trump's style, which is combative at times and hard hitting and irreverent and iconoclastic and disruptive. I think they have. I think the only people surprised or feigning surprise are the media mob and Democrats. So but with that said, remember, um, I don't know. I mean, if Bloomberg will African-Americans take offense at all these comments by Bloomberg, I I would think they do. You know, would women be offended by all the stuff Bloomberg apparently saying to women? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Does anybody want the Democratic agenda of everything's free? Nationalized industry, open borders, citizenship, free health care, sanctuary states, cities, a sanctuary country. Uh, Do they want a wealth tax? Do they want higher taxes? Do they want more regulation? Do they really want the new Green Deal and, you know, we're going to get off of oil and gas in 10 years? I don't think so. Medicare for all had Obamacare work out. So I'm just looking at the normal measures we'd look at heading into a re-election year, and I think things look good, but you got to win North Carolina, Florida, Ohio, pick off Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota. And you got to hold Arizona. Got to look to get Nevada, New Mexico, and New Hampshire. It's a big, it's a heavy lift for a Republican when you start without New York, New Jersey, Illinois, and California. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Now, oh, we're going to talk about, let's see, Farmer Mike tonight. Mini Mike Mary Poppins, the farmer. Farmer Mike Bloomberg. What a, but just unbelievable. Uh, the latest racial comments we'll get to, and also tonight, We have a full uh, litany of people, including, do you know Devin Nunes is a farmer? I never knew that before. Uh, We have Lawrence, uh, our 2020 correspondent, Lawrence Jones, Dan Bongino, Geraldo, Sarah, Greg, Lisa Booth tonight, and much, much more. Oh, and the guy that broke the Clinton Lynch tarmac story. That's all happening 9 Eastern Fox. We'll see you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow. We'll have the latest on Farmer Mike and everything. Anyway, have a great night. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow.